Welcome to the GW Business of Sports podcast. We talk about careers, leadership, mentors, first jobs, and a lot more here. And we do the show from the George Washington University in Washington, D.C. I'm Mark Hyman, professor of sports management in the GW School of Business. My producer is Liam Swartz. Ben Osborne is the editor-in-chief of Bleacher Report, one of the most visited sports portals on the web. Two decades ago, he was covering sports at the Smith Center as sports editor of the GW Hatchet. In this episode of the podcast, we chat with Ben about BR's edgy approach and about the sad, intense 48 hours following the death of basketball legend Kobe Bryant. Ben, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me, Mark. Very nice. nice. Very nice to have you at GW. Where Good to be you back. Spent, you spent many hours studying at Gelman Library, I'm told. They still remember you. Over there. <laughs> yeah, right. I did all. I did all my. Uh, I did all my homework at the Hatchet, you which did? I just realized has moved. So I gotta try to maybe see that. Are you a subscriber? We used to be to at 2140 still? G Street. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, right by Smith Center. Now well, it's like women's studies. Maybe. Well, let's begin with a little, uh, <laughs> a little history of your your service at the Hatchet. What were you editor of the paper? Uh, I was sports editor my junior and senior year. My first day on campus, I walked into the office, which at that point was in Marvin Center. I think we moved to G Street sophomore year, and I said, "What can I do?" and um, I ended up selling ads and covering the women's soccer team. Those were like my first gigs. And then I think I did the ads for two years and covered a few sports and then uh, became sports editor for my junior year. What were you better at, would you say? Definitely the editorial. The ads was You were not good at selling ads? No, not really. I mean, I was literally like walking into bars and stores and like pounding the pavement. It was hard. My my father sold ads his whole life, and I didn't think I wanted to do it, but whatever. It was a chance to make a little money, but it was that was not for me. That was the last time I tried to sell an ad. We're going to circle back to um, your career path, but first a few sport media questions. Um, curious, the day that Kobe Bryant died, what can you take us through the 24 hours after his death and, and what you were doing? Yeah, I mean, it was, I'll, I'll never forget it for sure. Um, I think for a couple of reasons. I, my first, I was called by a coworker. Uh, my phone had been in my car. I was like picking up my daughter from a play date. And even with that call, which should have put me into work mode, the first thing I thought of was, uh, you know, a friend that worked for Kobe that might have been with him which was terrifying. And then two other like lifelong friends having nothing to do with the industry that just love the Lakers and love Kobe, one of whom called me immediately and like I was the one that confirmed it. So it felt like very, very sad uh, for them. I mean, I was sad as a sports fan, but you know, I have my own favorite players. So I just knew if Kobe was your guy, how devastating this would be. Then needed to find my friend who works for him. Everyone was calling me, is so-and-so on the helicopter. That was about 45 minutes till we learned that he wasn't. 
and then my daughter and I were gonna go play basketball after I got her and eventually we did for a little while and there was a lot of kids out playing and like talking about him but I kept looking at my phone and I was like Carla I, I'm sorry like I actually have to go be on a Google Hangout and at like 4.30 like all the kind of editorial leaders of Bleacher Report were on a conference call and that's when I realized like, how unique this is. I mean, we have a 24-7 social desk, 24-7 breaking news. Like, I I'm never needed to, like, chime in. I think the last, the only time at Bleacher where, like, there was a Sunday meeting was when something with Kaepernick and, like, you know, that went from one person noticing to the whole world talking about it. And they were like, what are we going to do? But this was even more extreme and... Um, you know, so my job is text content, and we have three top NBA writers, Howard Beck, Rick Buecher, Jonathan Abrams. It, it became pretty clear they all had something to say, and we wanted to give them that platform. We felt like the audience would want to hear from them. All three of them knew Kobe. This was not easy work for them or the editors. But so I was privy to what lots of departments were doing, but I had to kind of make sure that uh, our feature writers were on top of it. So I went, basically, it went quick work, then very, very personal, and then kind of back into work in just sort of a daze for for a couple of days. We, we are owned by Turner. The, the powers that be there had read Howard's piece in particular. He's probably the dean of our NBA staff. They were working on that Tuesday. Uh, tribute show they were going to be they went to LA for Lakers Clippers game the game got canceled but they still did the show from there they wanted Howard to be a part of it so I had to help facilitate him writing a, a piece that ended up being about a three-minute video that was beautiful um, so I would say though all Kobe lasted more than 20 more like 48 hours and then Wednesday was a little more normal and then you got into you know, then we would start to do some Super Bowl. But I don't think Bleacher social channels, I don't think touched any other topic for like three days. I mean, there's never been anything like it in my professional career. Um, I mean, there. I'm not sure there's a more, there was like a more, an athlete with more like rabid fans. Like Jordan has more fans, but that's not controversial to like Jordan, but Kobe like has some detractors. So his, it's like defensive fans at an unbelievable scale. It's like huge popularity, but with an edge. And so, you know, it's just a passion that few athletes ever created, but not, it's not like a, a small niche. It's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a mainstream popular athlete with with fans that carry a rabidness like it and the lakers are like that too um and just the eight i mean it was horrible i i can't it's really not like anything i've i've ever been through and and it was it was very very sad and and um and again, hard for these these writers. They were sad. They were writing and cry. You know, Jonathan Abrams wrote his story like in tears. So, it, you know, I, I will not I will not soon for, forget it. I mean, I guess slight personal poignancy to be with my daughter and taking her to play and 
you know, I think that was powerful. But by and large, this is not a, this isn't a story with like any positives. And a deep connection for you too, given your professional experience. You you wrote for Slam. Yeah, I mean, Kobe Bryant is. I oh, I, I said this to. My slam co-workers, um, former co-workers, like I was on a text chain, I was like, we all are in debt to him. I mean, he, he I think he did 25 covers. He, he was one of the most involved. He didn't want to just stand there in his uniform. Like if you look at some of slam's concept covers, we did one where he's guarding himself. We did one where, um, uh, I'm going to forget the photographer's name, the, the famous portrait photographer he does tons of gq uh esquire covers he's german kobe specifically asked this is not a photographer slam could ever afford we did it for kobe like he cared about how he looked how it worked with slam he was in slam in 1996 in high school and last year talking about his shoes so um i mean i met him multiple times through slam one cover shoot was just me him and a photographer um so of of course um he he was anyone that worked in basketball in a way was in debt to him but particularly a smaller publication like slam um he he was absolutely instrumental in that that magazine's relevance i'd like to talk a little bit about some of the original content which i think is distinguishing and elevating bleacher report these days and just cite a couple of examples and hear you speak about them so recently um, you guys wrote for me as, as a baseball fan an interesting piece about the baseball coach at Vanderbilt University yeah. I, I would not think that I would I would ever read 3,000 words or whatever it was on the baseball coach at Vanderbilt but but I read 3,000 words <laughs> and, and enjoyed it um, uh, the coach is Tim Corbin yeah I believe uh, and, and the writer is Scott Miller, a yeah. uh, very accomplished baseball writer. How, how did that come together? Where did the idea begin? Um, I mean, Scott is our one full-time, you know, Baseball Writers Association of America credentialed reporter. Um, definitely one of the best in the business, knows everybody. Um, that was his idea. I mean, he has a lot of, he'll do reaction columns. He's done three really good columns about the Astros and that's very welcome. It's nice to have an expert voice. Um, but those are like baseball stories for BR mag, which I'm very responsible for. You know, I want Scott doing very original, unique things that are going to teach people stuff. Um, and so he's always looking for, uh, unique angles into the sport. He just got nominated uh, for APSC. He's up for, he's a finalist. One of the 10 best features of 2019 was about D. Gordon and, uh, you know, watching his mother suffer um, domestic violence and the, the anger that he feels around that issue. Incredibly touching story that had never been told. Um, obviously, this one is much more upbeat, but again, 
you know, Scott just knows enough to connect the dots that not only does Vanderbilt University have a great program, people have figured that out, but A, all the alums that go back, and then the non-Vanderbilt people that want to go hang out, and, you know, maybe Vegas or L.A. has that a little with basketball, but it's just kind of like a subculture of Major League Baseball that people didn't know about. He brought it to, you know, me and the other editors, we liked it, then we have to kind of confer with our programming team who thinks about data and how is this going to share. And, uh, you know, they were a little skeptical at first, but then when, you know, the the the, the big name aspect of it, um, they ended up loving it and went out yesterday and it definitely did not set page view records, but it got nice buzz. You know, multiple people contacted me like it was like a nice twist i would like br mag stories to do that you know i want to i want people to learn well i've clicked on it 12 times uh, so we'll I, take I, it. I, i've definitely done my <laughs> share um gridiron heights um so kind of an edgy uh irreverent look at the nfl and, and individual players i mean uh Eli manning got a little bit of a punching bag occasionally yeah so my question is any concern about or do you get pushback from the NFL or individual players and would that matter to you? Um, I mean, I think we take a lot of liberties when it's animation. I mean, I mean, the, the most successful thing Bleacher Report, excuse me, has ever done is Game of Zones, which takes all sorts of shots at the players, owners, you know, borderline media partners of the NBA, you know, there's been back channel complaints here or there, but for the most part, it's like, look, this is crude animation. This is parody. You know, of course, the jokes are smart and sharp as hell, but like, you know, we're not putting a authored columnist like we're having fun. And I think it's just it's so good. The, the comedy is so good that it's like, what are you going to say? So then the challenge, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not an animator, nor am I a, a video producer. I can't remember exactly why Gridiron is 60 seconds, but the impetus for sure was like, we've had success with the NBA. Let's create a new world for the NFL. And, uh, you know, we've had big success with it. And then uh, we now do champions, which is a soccer one, which again is more in line with the Game of Zones timing, three to four minutes, and that one is kind of a pretend reality show. So we've created these different sort of worlds that the sport and their players live in, and we have brilliant comedy writers and, and really good animators. So, uh, you know, I think we'll have Gridiron Heights hopefully here, here to stay, Champions as well, Game of Zones as, I don't think this is breaking news, this is the last season of it. Um, the brothers that did it are, you know, they're ready to try something new. So one more season of Game of Zones, and then hopefully we'll come up with other things. But I, I do think the animation uh, allows for less sensitivity. You know, not that people haven't been hurt here or there, but it's never become a big issue. Circling back now to GW, advice for, for students at GW now who aspire to write for BR, to be you, uh, 
hatchet? Should they be spending all their time at the hatchet? Are, are there courses in writing that they? What uh, advice do you have? I mean, I you know I've spoken to some kids today. I mean, yes, if it's if it's writing, then be at the hatchet. If it's audio, then go to WRGW, which I also had a show on and just walked past their studio. I don't. I'm not aware of what TV opportunities there are now but like go get experience and then for me the classes that I loved a million times over were those with professional journalists that had been in the newsroom were still in the newsroom and were adjunct professing were bringing colleagues in like I just wanted to know what it's like my senior year I got to work at the Washington Post that was amazing I mean so get get experience if it's a local paper if it's your school paper if it's the local radio station and then meet as many people that are doing it you have to gauge you're only going to have success in this field i mean you could get a mediocre job but the the success is going to come with like unbelievable dedication and hard work and grind and there's other parts of your life that are going to suffer or not get the same attention for it if you're going to do that you better be sure that you like it and now is the time to test that ben thank you